0: Capital Retirement Strategies and Cambridge Investment Research are not affiliated.
1: All right, welcome to Plan for Life Now, the
0: 50th podcast. This is Listen, huge. Hold on, you hear that cheering? Yeah. Wow. Yes. This is just amazing. <laughs> we made it to 50, Dave. That's unbelievable. I am like thrilled. And what we did for the 50th, right? which I thought is consistent, was very little or no preparation <laughs> for the 50th, similar to the other 49, I, which I, I, dis- I like the consistency. I disagree. I have written down here a, a mess
1: of little notes here that I want to talk about and touch on. Um, so okay, but our, 10 minutes before
0: this okay, ten podcast, before in all fairness, I, I said, isn't this the 50th before I went to get a cup of coffee? And you said, yeah. Yep. Then all the prep we've done has been exactly 10 minutes. It still yeah. follows.
1: In my mind, when we were talking about doing 50, I was thinking that, Maybe we'd actually prepare and, like, get a guest or something
0: or, or, I don't know, do something. That would be so unlike. It just would not be us if we (laughs) ever get a guest. Do you even know how to set this thing up for a guest? No, but I can learn. I I was thinking about
1: pulling highlights from other podcasts and, and, you know, putting the clips in. Do you know how much effort that entails? Yeah. I don't think that'll be happening. But I do want to reminisce a little bit here, because this is our 50th, and you were saying Capital Retirement Strategies next year will turn 10.
0: I believe March 2020 is our, March, just for us, firm.
1: March 4th, 2020, if we're going to be precise, uh, will be when the firm will turn 10. So the firm's turning 9 right now. So let's give everybody a little bit of a walk down memory lane. And, and where did Dave and Steve meet?
0: Where did all of this, where did the magic start? Is that what we're going to do today? Cool, that'll be I mean, fun. Yeah, and I like is, that you know, idea. You didn't tell this. me what you wanted to do. I, I think that's awesome. Okay, Let's do so that.
1: where did the magic start? 2002, at least I'll give from my perspective. 2002, I came to interview for a firm called West Financial Group. Right. At the time, I was working as an analyst at Capital One. So I was sitting behind spreadsheets, plugging through numbers, useful not the most exciting work in the world but you know a good analytical background and i came up to west financial group based in bethesda and i interviewed with four or five different people right
0: and i remember a couple of them i remember jeff pinkus and i remember dave murray (laughs) i thought at the time jeff and i were doing interviews together i could have sworn jeff and i interviewed you together or was it separate? I don't know. I thought it was separate,
1: so, but I'm not gonna swear to Okay,
0: cuz at some point Jeff and I started to do it together. We were we became the tag team of reality, but we'll talk <laughs> about that. Um, so I interviewed
1: with you guys and I'll say my initial impression of you was was that you were a little brash, right? Everybody else was kind of sugarcoating things and telling me all these niceties. And you were just kind of told it to me straight, like, oh, a lot of people don't make it in this business. You got to have a good plan, blah, blah, blah.
0: Yeah, I think that was basically, I told everybody that. When I met them, I always would never, not a big sugarcoater person, especially people coming into this business, because the reality, I probably told you this. I don't think it's changed any. they (laughs) They say that nine out of 10 people don't make it when you go into financial planning, yep. that you just flame out over a certain period of time, most people within the first year or two, but that statistic is wrong because it's more like 90, to me, it's more like 97 out of 100 people <laughs> do not make it in this business Yeah, more than five years. I always think that the statistic they had us throw out was was inaccurate. No. So that's how difficult. So, now I don't know if I told you that, but I did well, tell you that it was. That, I certainly like, told you it's difficult to make it in this business for right. for various reasons.
1: So then I I wound up joining West Financial Group. Came on board. Um, you know, I was a young guy at the time. I was 23, and I you know didn't you know I knew a lot about finance, but I didn't know that much about the industry. And I saw Dave doing a lot of long term care stuff. I saw Dave was successful, and I said I'm going to try to do what Dave does. Um, And that was what I did for the first couple of years, imitated Dave doing long-term care. Um, And then eventually for me, it morphed more to the investment
0: side because that's what I was attracted to. Um, Okay, well then at that point, I met you and you were really good at doing my long-term care stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go too deep into it, but long-term yeah. care insurance basically had a boom period. Right. it was right around when Steve got into this business. Yep. <laughs> in 2000, it was the boom period of 2002, long-term care. Right. I think I said It was 2002, which 2002, was right yes. around when the federal long-term care insurance plan came out. So by boom, I mean in the Washington DC area because feds, many of you who are listening to this. Um, this uh, this initial long-term care insurance plan offered by the federal government was a big deal that had been promoted for a couple of years before it even came out. It was yep. a big benefit to be offered. And for me, it was a big opportunity. I had been doing long-term care insurance exclusively and knew when this plan came out that it would attract huge interest and, and I immediately put together a seminar that compared the individual, the private options versus the federal plan and I don't feel like going into that right now for the purpose of this conversation, yeah. but it led to these huge seminars and huge opportunity to work on long-term care insurance. And that's when you came along. And mm-hmm. I remember you started out working on my long-term care insurance stuff. And yeah. everybody, this is interesting for those of you not in this business, which is everybody listening, it's really <laughs> hard to get in the business because it's really hard to find clients. You could know everything about financial oh yeah and insurance and all that stuff and be super knowledgeable but unless you're good at getting clients you are not going to right succeed I mean we used to. that's why people don't succeed I mean highly super knowledgeable people have failed oh yeah there because people, they're not good at marketing
1: there were people at West Financial Group but there was a guy who had his CPA a JD he had a law degree and knew a lot of stuff but he couldn't talk to people he couldn't you know he just didn't have any of those skills
0: um, but, anyway, right, but, so you those- were, but you were really good at doing my long-term care insurance work, the work that came after it, which I guess for you gave you a base yeah. of clientele and an ability to stay afloat, which I, I would assume then you went in and you were established enough to move on to to do what you really wanted to do, which is what you do now, the, the, the investment, investment side. side yep.
1: So then I think it was in... Um, so fast forward a few years, and now I'm doing more on the investment side. Uh, Dave's still doing a ton of long-term care insurance. At that time, the radio show was entirely devoted to long-term care insurance. Right, care for life. Now, right? that's just right, care
0: for life, right? care for life, not right. now. <laughs> it wasn't now. It was just care for life. But anyway, so yeah, so that was it. Was a half-hour show. Yep. And it was only about that, and I was just focusing on the long-term care insurance, and that was basically that. So then I think it was
1: in late 2007, you said, "Do you want to come on the show and you can do a segment about financial planning, whatever topic you want to talk about, investments, whatever." And you know, the way that the radio show works is basically you've got four different segments. You do those segments for, you know, 10-12 minutes each. You have got commercials. Sure. So basically I had to come on and talk for Right.
0: Now, before you get into that, uh-huh. what led to that was I had been doing long-term care insurance for about 10 years at that point, nine years, because I had other work before I was at West Financial Group, which for me started in 2000. So at that point, I had amassed a whole bunch of long-term care insurance clients, whether it was just me or you guys working with the leads that came out of my talks and stuff. And it was time to transition that. Yeah. Into, I mean, I literally had people coming up to me wanting to do financial planning. I wasn't capable of doing it. I was just the insurance guy. And this was all leading to this point in time. When you started to go on the right. radio show, it was time to, you know, actually start a, yeah. an investment practice also.
1: Yeah. So, in 2007, you know, we started – You know, I started just doing a segment on the show, and then I'm not sure the timing on it. I think it was relatively quick that we decided, we said, well, why don't we make this kind of an overall financial planning show instead of just being a long-term care show? And so then it sort of morphed into we were both doing the whole show, and I even think Jeff Pincus would come with us sometimes and do it, and... You know, it was kind of overall financial planning, and then we would do some segments where we were entirely focused on long-term care, but you know, sort of general financial planning. Um, fast forward a couple years, and and Dave and I have now you know successfully built up more of the financial planning clients. And we're getting into 2010, and the the firm that we were at before this is really turning into a whole history of us, right. not just the podcast. Okay. But it's interesting. Um, well, at least to us. Uh, <laughs> but the the, pl- the firm that we were at before, Mass Mutual, was really an insurance based firm, and we kind of got to this point in our practice where if we were going to do true financial planning and investment management for clients, Mass Mutual wasn't a good fit. So we went out talked to all the different firms that are out there and we chose Cambridge and honestly we've we've never regretted that the whole time. Cambridge has been fantastic to work with um, and so then in March of 2010, we made that transition and if you were with us at the time, remember there was a lot of paperwork involved because we had to repaper all the accounts, reset up everything. Um, but it, you know, worked pretty smoothly. Right,
0: but the reason for that transition and was nothing against West Financial, which was hey, we had a good run there and it was a great place, but. The ultimate reason for that was that to be to do what we currently do and what has always been our mission. Our mission, which Steve and I, by the way, we run a business. One thing we don't do is mission statements or anything like that. <laughs> We're just not like that. I think but like when I say our mission, I'm going to tell you what our mission is. We've never discussed a mission statement. If we did, I don't remember. But our, our what we always have to do is take every client who comes to us and be able to have a platform to do what's right for them. Right. Not what's necessarily right for the firm, the broker, dealer, the broker dealer has to be independent. Cambridge's mission is right. are the people who are part of Cambridge have to be able to do what they're going to do. They need to be independent. Yep. And that wasn't necessarily the case with West Financial Group or at least West Financial Group was was getting to a point where we weren't going to be able to do what we had to do. Yeah um and that's always been that's what's been good about cambridge they've allowed us to do what we have to do they're a very good independent broker dealer but we had to get to the point the reason we started this was we have to be with anyone we meet the past or now whatever's right for you the client we can do where our hands aren't tied by something right yep um Now, keep in mind, at this
1: point, 2010, we're still on the radio. We're still on WMAL. At that point, we were probably still in the 6 a.m. time slot, right?
0: I don't remember when we got, no. I think we got to 8 a.m. time slot right around 2009. It was right around, because the reason we got got the 8 a.m. time slot... Which was our by far the more popular time slot, although we still close. I miss you at six a.m. Yeah, we actually got up that early at the time. The reason we went to eight a.m. We got eight a.m. is because the Great Recession. Ah, the that's Great right. Recession was bad for a lot of that's things, right. but it was good for our time slot because people were dropping out of doing radio shows because of their business scenario, whatever that might have been for others. Right. But the well, the cost.
1: All the mortgage brokers and things like that that were on the radio on the weekends dropped out, is they right? Because
0: that, that's exactly what happened, and it was hard. You know, people didn't want to pay whatever it was, yeah. so that we had a basically a really good price for the eight to nine a.m. slot. And I went to Steve and I said, "I know this seems like a lot of money compared to what it is, but for radio, this is inexpensive. Yeah. Let's jump You're- on this." 8 a.m. time slot. You were dead right on that one.
1: Because <laughs> I remember thinking, oh, geez, that's a lot of money. I don't know if it's really worth it. Totally worth it. You know, we moved to that 8 a.m. time slot. Um, and at that point, we were doing all the shows live as well. Um, so that was, you know, getting there at 8 a.m. was nice. Um, so, yeah, so we did the radio show live for, well, for a long time there. And, uh, Gosh, (laughs) what happened in between? Um, Well, in between, we
0: started to tape it because Cambridge Compliance was had some issues with other radio shows that weren't telling the truth. Oh, that's right. Which is their prerogative to want to listen to the show before. It goes on, which right. is fine. Yeah, I mean, was fine. I was I, I was a little upset at the time, but now I look back at it. We didn't have to get up anymore yeah. <laughs> on the weekend to do <laughs> it, was it. Actually, okay. <laughs> and nobody knew it was recorded anyway. So, in retrospect, that turned out to yeah. be a good thing. Yeah. Um. But we went and did our thing. But honestly, as time went on, and by the yeah. way, remember this radio. I mean, the reason we have a viable practice, a good part of it is the marketing, as we talked at the very beginning. Sure, marketing is is a big part of it. The radio show did great. Got a lot of client. A lot of you who are listening to this now came from that radio show. Yeah. Um, but as time went on, this is now leading to the past Each year went by as we got farther away from the Great Recession and more other advisors had marketing money. Yeah. More and more radio shows doing exactly or similar to what we do were getting on that Sunday and Saturday slots to the point where there were a few of us doing shows when we first started in two thousand nine. And then there were just tons of weekend programming on WMAL was was financial advisors. Now, this is nobody's fault. WMAL is going to make money. That's their job as a radio station. They're not going to worry about how many. It's up to the... The radio showed, or itself, to say, "Hey, you know what? This this whole thing is getting saturated." Right.
1: Well, and the yeah, I mean, the problem that we had was not only did WMAL continue to raise the cost, which is you know fine, that's they can also do that, supply and demand, uh, but the message we felt like was getting really muddled because honestly, you have some advisors and and uh, investment managers on there that I respect and like. You know, guys like Rick Edelman and the Wise Investors. And then he had some on there that I don't agree with, to put it very nicely. Um, So you had this wide range of
0: different... I'm going to say quote-unquote advice. No, I mean, again, I'll put it in my own words. Some are legit. Yep. Like you mentioned, others are trying to sell you something, right? which we're, we really don't like because you're messing. It's one thing to try to sell you something when it's a big screen TV or a bed. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to try to sell you something when it's your financial future. So that that part was a little disturbing. But In yeah. so
1: 2016, we said, all right, the, the costs here are getting out of control. We could basically take the money that we're doing into the radio show, still run commercials, and uh, you know, still promote the seminar. Um, but we could do a podcast, and so June twenty fourth, two thousand and sixteen, that was the first podcast we ever did, right? right. Um, now I, you know, just went back and looked out of curiosity. Where was the S and P five hundred? June twenty sixth of two thousand and sixteen. It was right around two thousand and thirty one. Right now, we're sitting at twenty six eighty seven today. So you know what is that thirty percent up from from that yeah. point? Um, I wrote down some some memories that I have, and I guess this really isn't just from doing the podcast. It's partially from the radio show times. Okay, I, I think some of our longtime listeners hopefully will remember our good buddy Ken Hunter. Uh, Ken Hunter was our longtime producer on the radio show, a really very talented guy, and he would come up with little sound effects, little uh, little things to spice up the yeah, show. Yeah, he was great. Um, so Ken Ken was a great guy. Um, of course, what we still do, we have the Barry Ritholt stuff. <laughs> Ritholtz, and that was from the genius of Ken Hunter. Right. Um, so Ken was the the original one who did that. Old Man Dividend. Who's right. who's also been resurrected on we, the podcast, right? But he originated from the radio show, correct? Where people would call into the radio show, and he was a guy who would call in every time we talked about generating income, and he would ask us if we'd heard of this magical thing called dividends, and we'd say yes, we were familiar with dividends and stocks, and he would tell us about how wonderful dividends were. Right. Dave would do a, a wonderful parody of. We
0: created a character. I right? right. created a character out of him.
1: Um, I think everyone will remember our Redskin picks that we did right. on the podcast up
0: until this year. Right, because people listen to these things, these podcasts, whenever, and it yeah. makes no sense anymore. If we're doing
1: them once a month, and you got to do a bunch of picks. That's just hard. That was to
0: do. much better for a live radio show for than a live it was, radio the-
1: show people really enjoyed uh hearing our record cuz we would actually track what our record was you know me versus you is we would pick against the would we pick against a spread or just straight no, up just straight, straight up and uh i don't know why i've always felt like i did better but maybe you did just, do better maybe that's just selective
0: memory no it's true we didn't keep um, actual year long you usually won i don't know um how about Liar BS Corner? Something Okay, we, Liar BS Corner <laughs> was something not, I came out with.
1: <laughs> not do that now. We can't
0: That's do the, that now. To be honest with you, so that was something where uh, compliance in radio became tighter. Yep. And you can't do things like Liar BS Corner, which was us basically calling out other people for just what we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Stuff that we don't like. When I I always felt like when you are, you know, making stuff up and trying to sell something, somebody eh, when it comes to your money, which is very important, didn't like it. Came up with liar BS corner. Came up with other stuff. Didn't yeah. I have jingles or something like that? Or I wrote you things and can put you stuff together. The, uh, Get, oh yeah, liar BS so corner that. had a jingle. Right, that I wrote and Ken put it to Ken music. That's so why like Ken was great. I could come up with ideas and he would put it. You to had music something and stuff.
1: else where you would go under like sodium pentothal or something. Where you right, would, you would be like a okay, <laughs>
0: that actually was a little bizarre. <laughs> I would do these things. <laughs> do you realize I've mellowed out as I've gotten older? <laughs> Did you know that? You have you I, noticed I, that because you've uh, seen yeah, known I me for so. a long time. I just mellowed out. And I would do these weird sketches. And the other reason I would do that is because we'd get up early and I'd be on caffeine and really tired, and it led to some weird sketches. It <sighs> was a little weird.
1: How about. All right, last memory I had written down here. How about when we were doing the show live? Uh, it was daylight savings time. You called me about one segment into the show, and I said, oh my God, somebody changed my clocks. They're all wrong. And you said, no, it's daylight savings time. (laughs) And I missed the first half hour of the show.
0: So the, the live thing was fun, but the podcasts are what we're doing. And I was thinking, the one thing I was thinking about these podcasts is more than anything, I thought, you know what? These are sort of better for people, every financial advisor, should do podcast and the reason is if you go back and listen to a few of these over time yeah which you may or may not do but you can now on someone's website like ours you can get an idea of what we're really all about right. You get a good idea of what these people are about what's their message like over and you're not gonna listen to all 50 yeah but what's the message is it consistent where do these guys come from do they like people know if they know us or listen to this show or this podcast, we're, we're not the people you go to to come up with the next hot stock that right now is at a dollar that's going to be the next Apple. or That's not Dave and Steve. That's no. not what they do. Other people probably do that. We don't. Sure. But yeah. you get an idea of what we do and what we're all about, and what your personalities are like, and what's your temperament like, and are you consistent? You know, these are good things about a podcast for people who might be thinking, I might want to work with these people, or any people. I think podcasts are actually good for financial advisors. You're not going to, unlike a radio show that's really going out there, that doesn't cost as much, and you're not going to get as a marketing tool all these new clients, but as far as getting to know what we're like, get a little almost like a journal of of your financial advisor and what they're about and what they're saying and you can even go back and listen to things in now yep. in context. Hey, they said something 2 years ago. Was that right? Wrong? Yeah. Consistent? There's a lot of good things about a podcast that I like huh. now that we've I done mean, 50 of them. I mean, that's what I've always said about, you know, doing seminars
1: is if I were hiring an advisor, I would want to see them, get a feel for them before feeling like I have to sit down with them and, and, you know, having any sort of pressure or anything like that. And I think you're right. I think a podcast sort of lets you also see the personality, you know, am I going to jive with them or not? Yeah. So, all right. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. Uh, we do like to see those listener numbers and we cracked a hundred a couple of times. On people listening, that's uh, that's pretty good. Right, this so one we'll will probably
0: it. be about. We'll probably get a lot of people listening to the beginning, and they say, "Wow, this whole thing is about themselves." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're not talking about investments at all. No. <laughs> we'll get back to that right. next time.